You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your hosts, Monster Defense and Michael Panda. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other podcast streaming platforms. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your host here, Monster Deface, and we're back with another installment of the Fortnite Podcast. Guys, it's been a fun, fun week. We're coming in hot right behind FNCS, and we'll be talking about all those fun topics, not only listed in the title of this video, but of course, a little extra. Um, with us today, we have the returning life with Panda and my boy SMG. But before we get there, let's go ahead and let Panda say what's up to y'all. Yo, what's up, guys, man? Busy weekend, all done. But yet, despite us being in the middle of FNCS, we're here producing another podcast for you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're right in the dab smack middle, which, by the way, I think SMG made his first official, official full-time debut to the FNCS stage. So, yo, listen, silent claps for all, everyone listening and for SMG, man. Uh, somebody's gotten to talk to me, brother. Hey, thank you, Monster. I appreciate that. And yeah, you know, I got to hop on that analyst desk uh, while you were casting with the boys. Did some analysis with Sundown, Vivid, and of course, Adam always keeping it light with the hosting. But I had so much fun this weekend. Like, I can't even begin to to share how much fun that job actually is. Let, let's just talk about this for a quick second, because, you know, it's still fresh sort of for you, I guess. Um, Like, like wh what's that feeling like? Who reached out to you? Like, what what was that? kind of that entire you know conversation like um and and how did it feel for you when you got your first i guess offer to be on the fncs oh man so at first it it wasn't real you know like it didn't <laughs> seem like that was a real email that i got um someone from the production team reached out to me and i was like no way uh, immediately called my buddy and my wife i'm like yes like yo this just happened this just happened um and they're like what are you what are you talking about i, I don't you know this space is a little strange for some people so i shared they got all excited with me and then you know figuring out those details and it was a lot and then you finally get to sit down and just be on the broadcast and man that that moment a little nervous not gonna lie definitely a little <laughs> nervous but it was just it was a blast hey and and you did great this weekend and i'm looking forward to casting with you this upcoming saturday guys so for y'all listening in make sure you tune into the fncs this weekend uh somebody's gun and myself will get to get down and do some Fortnite together for the first time on the main stage we have done some uh some stuff in the past i think with dreamhack if i'm not mistaken was our first time so you know this is it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good weekend guys but um, talking about FNCS, just kind of jumping into the episode today, we definitely want to give you guys a little recap of the weekend. This weekend was FNCS qualifiers one and two. Couple of big names pushed through, several upsets missed, I guess, along the way. And now we get to just pretty much start getting into what is going to be a very brutal semifinals. So we'll we'll talk about why things are going to, I guess, escalate for the players. Um, but let's let's first give a little. I guess a hats off, a congratulations. Any standout picks, Panda, that kind of pushed through from the region you were covering? I mean, you're on NA West um, almost primarily yeah. at this point. So, you know, how, how were things for you over on NA West? No, they were really solid. It was, a, it was a pretty interesting weekend, right? Going into Qualifier 1, broadcast day is here. We look at the list, and we're missing major notable names. So we're missing Mechton, we're missing uh, Reet and Rex, and then ultimately we were missing... Arkham and Epic Whale did not make it to the final round of Qualifier 1. Whoa. So it was a crazy, crazy weekend. But I do say, you know, I still got those those prediction skills. I, I have a perfect record when it comes to predictions so far. And uh, this weekend was no different. I picked my boys to Fireball in school, and they came in the top three. And then Qualifier 2 hits. And sure enough, Arkham, Epic Whale, they make it in. Good for them. Claps all around like... We expected it, um, but Reet and Rex did not. Yeah, so and 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 Reet's man, Reet's like one of the better players, more notable players, right? Um, mm -hmm. What do you think is kind of attributing to the lack of success for someone like Reet? Um, you know, as far as Reet goes, it could be a multitude of things, right? I think partially it has to do with uh, his lack of of grind mentality that he had in previous seasons, right? I think uh, most of the time when he's streaming, he's mainly doing Madden. So he's not really as focused on Fortnite as he was in the past. On top of that, he went into the weekend streaming um, and 
the first couple of days of streaming the quals and him not making it really took it seemed like took a toll on his mental. Obviously, you can't tell for sure without actually talking to the person, but publicly, what you see on Twitter, man, it was like it was rough for him. And then he immediately stopped streaming halfway through qual two or yeah, qual two, um, because he was just done listening to what chat had to say and and it was definitely affecting the way that he was playing the game and and he even had some uh potential stream sniping situations obviously that's so hard to prove but right um but that was a factor so he still ultimately didn't make it into qual two um but the the boys arkham epic whale did and then my prediction and batman booga and wheels they made it through and they got second place i'm telling you man there's something special about that duo they're gonna do great things on west that's that's really cool to, to kind of see unfold and, and just to kind of touch on the re yeah you're right uh, i was following along on twitter i mean if you guys are unfamiliar with the live streaming space the way uh twitch chat works you can have like the chat publicly available to everyone or you can have it behind a paywall um essentially mm -hmm. that's the subscriber base and reet was on socials just talking about like yo man i'm ready to go full like you have to pay to talk to me at this point because of the toxicity or the backseat gaming. And yeah, it, it it's surely stressing him out. And I mean, he loves live streaming. It's pretty clear. That's why he plays other stuff. So to see him try to, you know, I guess, give something back to the community and then, you know, just steamroll over him and, you know, him not having an enjoyable experiences. It's unfortunate. We all miss out. Um, People that did decide to live stream this weekend, Mr. Savage, almost 40,000 concurrents on his mm -hmm. qualifying week this weekend and Jeez. um did did they actually qualify savage and benji do you know somebody's gun uh, yeah they didn't qual too they had like a really great start and then kind of petered off towards the end but they did enough to get the qual i think they finished in second so mm -hmm. pretty impressive but pink and anas dominated that second qual in eu either way benji savage they're back baby yeah, definitely. Big, big pick for, uh, I think, the majority of the community that's uh, rooting for them. And then shout out to Becoming Legends. Week one out the gate. Rifla from Becoming Legends comes out number one spot on EU. A um, little bit of a blowout score for him as well. Straight consistent across the board. Doesn't drop a game. Doesn't win a game. But a couple top three performances there alongside Moraine from uh, Gamma Gaming. So Moraine's our original DreamHack Sweden champ. Way back when, that's kind of what put him on the map. Ever since, he's been a sleeper kind of underneath the radar. I would say last year, FNCS, we kind of caught wind of him. And, you know, we, we picked up his story throughout the DreamHack series. And it helped platform him to be the player that he is today. So from solos, now pairing up with some of the best other duos in the world or other players to make duos, um, they're killing it. Henan Queasy also back on top as well. Qual out the gate for a little second place. Very cheeky mm -hmm. of them, but... That's a team that has been great, okay? Like, been great. So, I mean, but but even then, Qual 1 definitely has some upsets. Um, Clement and Floki are French boys. I know a lot of the French community was definitely up in up in, up in in arms about them. Taysen and Thomas HD not qualling originally in Qualifier Week 1 was also a huge upset. I got to pull up uh, Week 2 here to see if they end up pushing through, but I know for a fact that first Week 1, that Friday when I was following along closely, um, those were the stories that were definitely, I guess, raising eyebrows on the EU side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And on top of that, that was Boop. Uh, it was his first week on the broadcast as well over there sure. on uh, on the Europe side. And the cool thing, the first qualifier, Ninja watched the entire thing from the broadcast perspective, and he was just hyping up the analysts. He was hyping up the casters. It was so cool to see a major figure like Ninja just tune in and like nonstop show love to, to the town members we're obviously close with. You gotta love that too. Someone that necessarily hasn't shown love to the competitive scene, at least from a public perspective. Like you can just tell the dude still loves the game because who sits down and watches a whole qualifier on stream and doesn't enjoy Fortnite? He's back playing it regularly and now, you know, maybe gonna be playing some comp. I don't know. We might get to that later, but. EU was interesting, and to get to your point, Monster, Thomas and Taysen didn't qual, either yeah. either qualifier, which is insane to me, because if you told me those two were playing together, we saw what they did in DreamHack all of last year, both on EU and NA, those guys were probably the most consistent duo, maybe besides DGen, and I believe he was playing with Agers last year, either way, really, really big miss, but I'm sure those guys know how to win games, I if I had to guess, they, they would be in the semifinals, but 
that's going to be crazy to to see all of the the big names really striking for those spots in the upcoming semifinals. Well, the scary thing is they didn't qualify for qualifier two, at least judging by the list. I just did a brief skim through. So series points can still be up in Oof. the air. Like top 50 of your, I guess, best series points only get to play in the semis next week. So it's going to be set lobbies out the gate. It is very, very competitive if you will if you want to get the most chances uh originally because that's how the qualifier is going to unfold it kind of begins with the most consistent and then introduces the others as it goes on so there is an, an actual world where we don't see Tayson and thomas even in that first set of 50 because they didn't qualify for the second qualifier um which puts more strain and pressure on them but Yes, they were a team that definitely knows how to win. And to touch on Ninja really quickly, though. Yeah, man, Ninja, he's actually been playing the game for the better half of, I'd say, like, the last nine months or so. He, he's He's been very active as far as just gaming casually. He's gotten good enough to, you know, win the majority of his pub games. And, you know, he can stomp people on a, on a, on a regular level. Um, while watching his viewing party this weekend... You know, he, he's definitely feeling that competitive itch. You know, every now and again, he kind of tosses the question out, gets a feel from the chat. Um, and I think <laughs> I think the community response has been very positive. And, you know, that's enough to fuel anybody. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, it, uh, Ninja using his platform is a huge W, major, major W, because he's doing it in the right way, the respectful way. And he's, he's just uplifting, you know, the, the scene. And there's not a lot of people that do that with with and that have a voice the way he has he's almost shamelessly promoting um the broadcasters the talent hyping people up and things like that so it, it was really awesome let's just talk about and touch on any east another upset coming out of any east probably the biggest upset had to be scented and cold who did not mm -hmm. qualify for both of the qualifiers and they made it and they tried and i'm not sure what's going on but their drop spot north over at sleepy sound just not working out you have the young bulls running through them and and just running the muck basically uh on the scene right now um but a couple big names that do pull through for week two or i should say the second qualifier to djen and the yamzo yamzo had one of the more fun interviews right like we kind of seen his personality is very he's a straight yeah. shooter he's a straight shooter he's very cocky uh he comes off as a little arrogant but it's funny because he's got the baby face and he's dead serious so he thinks he's the best and he uh he kind of comes <laughs> he off he definitely it. does and it's great panda yeah well so it's funny because grand royale i got to interview him right similar to the player profiles they did uh for this season as well he came on and he was just like look i'm the best and i'm gonna beat these people there's there, it's not like and it's not even that he's just saying it with like arrogance, right? He's that confident in his abilities and the and like the knowledge that he has of the game that he knows that he can go in and be a top dog, which is why they qualify, right? They're going to the finals. Do you know what I mean? So Iomzo, big shout out to him for what he's able to do and, and not only just say something, but live up to them words. It kind of reminds me of reverse 2K in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah I mean... I expected them to do well, and they, they just crushed the competition that second week of qualifiers. And Yamso put on a couple solo clutches himself, just like, yo, DJ, hop in my backpack. I got you, bro. I'm going to take us to the promised land. Granted, they won some games with both of them up, um, but nonetheless, like, Yamso clearly showcasing how good of a player he is. And Monster, you want to talk more about some of the qualifiers here in the first qual? Yeah, for sure, because Commandment and Stretch come out on top. This is probably one of the more eyebrow raising duos you have uh individual from some of the best trios and other teams out there coming together to play with one another um stretch is just you know an incredible player commandment brings his own unique version of like low ground and highlight clutch potential um so it's really cool to see a team that has this much flexibility and play style merge and then just crush week one um, and they were sort of sleeping on the standings, but a couple big moments at the end is all it took for them to swing on up. Uh, also, Bucky and Cam. Bucky and Cam, man, out the gate, pick up, what, two victory royales out of the first four games, um, setting themselves up for, for just a, an immaculate run. They knew they qualified pretty much from that moment on, and then the, the rest of the rounds, they, I, I believe, just wq people just for fun, just to get the game <laughs> over with and, like, you know, kind of ease up because these qualifiers can be very stressful just to get there it's a literal full day of fortnite 
Yeah, I mean, it was crazy to see them win back to back, and especially the way they did it—just chilling on height, unconned, and just walking through two straight games, and then just having fun. Like when you qual in three games, you just have fun the rest of the way. One other team that just narrowly slipped in—that I would not expect to be that last spot, but hey, eighth at this point is just as good as first place—is Miro and Buga, one of the other top teams in the region. We know those guys are incredibly talented and have been playing so well together the one thing i love about watching these two is they essentially play as one player and it's just really cool you go in vods the eyes are always looking in the same direction they're doing things together so they're gonna be one to watch for in finals but overall just a stacked roster of eights coming through in both qualifiers yeah and a touch on that like the uh the the story that unfolding mira and booga basically pushed out Sensen and Cold in the last game. Like, both teams are on the qualifying, just the, the edge, right? Right on the bubble, pushing in, going neck and neck for it. Uh, Sensen and Cold fall a little earlier, right, in, in that kind of situation, and um, they they just they skyrocket on through. So Miram Buga push up, and it, it was it was an incredible, incredible thing to watch. If you guys haven't seen the, I, I'd say the official broadcast, this season is really, really elevated. The tools... Uh, have been developed to the point to where you can see the actual placement of the team in real time. So you actually know, like, you're watching a fourth place team or you're watching a 10th place team. Like, right there, it's in your face. So it brings much more of a excitement to the battles, to the clashes, to the moments, um, and allows you to kind of live in the moment and understand the game as it's unfolding. So I uh, highly suggest check out the mainstream if you guys haven't already. It's It's come such a long way. And and that's pretty much the FNCS for you guys. Though. A little recap on on where we were. Um, you know, our, our three most dominant regions or popular regions, I should say, have uh, their own little thing going on right now. New emerging people, big upsets, and of course, reoccurring stars coming back for their chance. Um, but someone who won't be getting, I guess, an opportunity to compete this season, he opted out of it. Is the young bull reverse two K who's deciding the lease. Uh, or leave Fortnite comp. Um, and I, I want to touch on Reverse 2K just a little bit for our real OG listeners. You guys remember way back when he won the summer skirmish. I believe it was like week seven or uh, maybe a little earlier than that. But that weekend, we got Reverse 2K on the call. He was one of the youngest, highest earners at that time. I, I want to say he was maybe 14, maybe 15, and he won like $80,000. And we got to talk to him. And, you know, he was a future prospect for a lot of top tier organizations. And, you know, his career has gone such a long way from then. But, yeah, man, Reverse UK decided to take a step down. Uh, Panda, do you have any context on this? Maybe, you know, I, I know he dropped some something on Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah I got it. And uh, to give you some context, right, obviously Reverse 2K publicly on Twitter hasn't been too happy with the community uh, in the last couple of seasons competing, just the negativity towards him since him, Miro, and Day broke up. And even before then, has kind of like, it's definitely weighed on him, right? So he tweets out, to keep this short and sweet, I'm done playing Fortnite competitively. I still love the game, still want to compete, but I was kind of tired of the community and the game itself. I don't care if people hate me, but the constant disrespect on my name and play style was just too much. I was tired of having to prove that I was a top player and trying to find a new teammate every other tournament. You will see me play Fortnite and some tournaments for fun here and there. Is there still a chance for a full-on comeback and compete? Yes, but it's not now. Ooh, and, th and that's kind of how he decides to announce his uh, his stepping away from FN Comp for right now. I, I want to, I mean, SMG, I want to ask you the question. Do you think his mistake was pairing with someone like Miro and Day who are clearly much younger, definitely appealing to a different type of audience. Do you think maybe that was kind of what led to the toxicity? Uh, uh, you know, kind of introducing yourself, exposing yourself to those types of community? Or do you feel like it stems from maybe earlier in his career? So I think it's kind of the constant underdog that he was put into. He was always kind of backed into the corner as like the worst player on whatever team that he was. Back-to-back -back FNCS champion, by the way. Just throwing that out there. You don't World win. World Cup qualifier? Yeah, you, you don't do that without being good. But for some reason, he's always just kind of been seen as, like, the guy who got carried. Or the guy that, uh, you know, you're not actually good. Your, your placements weren't actually that good. But the placements speak for themselves. That man is good at this game and clearly understands it. But to answer your question, I don't necessarily think it has to do with who he teamed up with i think it has to do with the 
the overall community doubting his abilities and really not looking at him as the player he is, right? One of the top tier players that we've seen who at his peak was putting out some fantastic content, was streaming everything. But, you know, as we know, we have a younger community. Reverse is now 18, 19 years old. Doesn't necessarily want to deal with the riffraff going on within the Fortnite community on a daily basis. And, hey, can you even blame him for that? No, not at all. Um, shout out to Reverse UK, who I believe just bought his second property as well. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? He's officially running his second Airbnb, right? So for those at home that don't understand this, you can go out and, and buy a property or rent a property and actually do what's called uh, rental arbitrage, where you kind of have a, a, a setup Airbnb, people just coming in nonstop, kind of renting it out like a hotel room. And uh, Reverse 2K is on, capitalizing on this, which is actually a really solid investment for anybody at home that, that wants to invest in something and try to get something going. What he's doing, so smart. People will always require a place to live, and it's going to be easy money coming in for him outside of just competing and stuff. Yeah, definitely. He's building a career outside of Fortnite, which is super important, guys. You don't want to be mega dependent on one thing. Um, and for some... You know, Fortnite is everything. And that's why we have situations like this race to 1 million arena points drama and, uh, you know, kind of controversy surrounding that. Now, before we jump into this, think about it. Uh, for a player that puts all of their efforts into Fortnite, all of their, uh, you know, their livelihood depending on Fortnite, I mean, you want to play with the highest and, and utmost integrity, right? Not do anything, any anything sketchy, get yourself banned, whatever. Lose this opportunity that's in front of you. You know, pull at Jarvis, for example, just get banned off of the game entirely and then have to pivot your your full career on social media. Um, Talk to me about the race to one million arena points, which honestly is an incredible feat of its own. It absolutely is. And, and to talk about this, right, Bronos has has tried to, to do this in the past and and be that arena top leader. But unfortunately, I had to go on a vacation in the past and it kind of messed with him then. But now is his time, right? Now is his chance. To, to blow up, do this race to 1 million and be the first to do it, right? So all of a sudden recently over the weekend, all as FNCS is going down, this drama just hits the timeline. And naturally, I, I got to figure out what's going on. So I reach out to Claw and Bronos to get their side of the story. Claw, unfortunately, uh, is too busy to give his side of the story right now, but Bronos gave his. So I want to give his kind of recollection of what is happening in this moment. Now, mind you, again, this is Bronos's words. This is not Monster, me, or Gun saying anything about this. This is what he, is coming from his perspective, right? So five weeks ago, when I was just about to pass Claw and be the first uh, first to 1 million for, for uh, some context, I got DDoS for three days, and originally I didn't think it was them. Over the last week, he's done some really scummy stuff and started having his teammates use team viewer in order to ready up and play duo trio games while he sleeps on top of the fact that he made his Fortnite tracker private. So you can't see his games anymore. If you could see his games, it would show that he has played 72 plus hours nonstop. This has also made me realize that he's going to do scummy stuff like that. Uh, it probably was him going some, sorry for the mispronunciation, but going someone he knows to boot me off for three days. I'm not going to hit it first, but I'll be the first one to do it legitimately because I've streamed every game. I went from 26,000 points behind after getting hit off to passing him, and he couldn't accept that he lost, so he started cheating. We also agreed that we would both stream every game in order to know nothing scummy was happening. But since that agreement, he showed his gameplay on stream for 16 hours in the last five days. Wow. So, yeah, already we have kind of this situation unfolding where you have one person who is legitimately trying his best and another one that's taking shortcuts here. Now, guys, account sharing is definitely against TOS, especially in any type of competitive setting in play. So if these allegations are true, then we definitely have a, an issue here. Right. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I feel like if Claw is, I guess, using this different type of exploit method in the sense that well technically he's not having anyone play for him he's just staying there uh passively while others are farming points it's almost like a a messed up workaround uh, which which is super unethical and not okay uh because b uh bronos or b, I, I call him bh ronos i don't know i'm just weird like that 
But <laughs> Bronos is, you know, he's trying his best, man. He's he's really putting in the grind, the hours, and now he's just mentally tapped out. And this is the final stretch. He's up in that nine hundred and like fifty thousand point range. He he came so close, but it just takes unreasonable amount of hours to to continue to earn. It is crazy. And just to put it in perspective, right? So Bronos this season has over 2000 wins in arena, over 2000 wins in arena just this season. That is crazy. And if we put it into perspective about how many matches he's played, he's played over a thousand hours of Fortnite since the season started. Now, him, Claw, both of them, they're, they're playing. Problem is also right behind these guys. I think Bronos and Claw are like 989,000. I'm looking at his stream right now. And then Claw is like 992,000, I want to say. Right behind them is Problem at 950,000. Like after those Crazy. three, it drops down to like 400,000. So that is just an incredible amount of grind and effort these guys have been putting in. Yeah, yeah, they're they're putting in so much work, and and guys, when we say like an unhealthy amount of hours, we mean it. Uh, this is, well, I don't know how long this season's been going on, but three or four weeks worth of every single waking moment playing Fortnite from the the minute you get out of bed all the way until you can't take it anymore, dead crack mm-hmm. a night so that you can earn as much as possible. And you know, Bronos is talking about he's he slept like just three, four hours this week, like like very little hours. So they're like binge sleeping in between um, or just trying to like, I don't even know what the words for this, but power napping essentially as often as possible to then reset and, and just go. So um, really, really sketchy stuff. I mean, I would never recommend anyone to do something as as uh, crazy as this, but hey, ambitious. Uh, these these kids are ambitious and, and, you know, he wants to continue to achieve. And he's done this before in the sense that he is, um, you know, raced to first place, right? The first person to ever really do it and find big success with it was Mars OW. He managed to find tons of success. People loved that he was so um, try hard in the arena settings. He kind of gave a different atmosphere to his streams. Um, Arab shortly after kind of did something similar in the sense that he made arenas kind of like his main source of content. So like, there's people that are willing to sit down, consume this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's really awesome and more exciting than watch someone put a goal behind, you know, the the game that they're playing, right? And then when the community expects expects them to do well and you know they they take it seriously, it's it's really fun and really entertaining. Um, but it, it comes with its own troubles, Panda. Yeah, it definitely does, man. I, look, the obviously the toll on your mental health and, and and physical health, trying to grind for something like this, like you mentioned, on very little sleep, and it takes a lot. So then on top of that, to to feel like somebody else that has got now gotten ahead of you is doing it unfairly that's just gonna it's gonna boil and fester and and just blow up and which is exactly what happened over the weekend and again before this right when all this started to blow up claws Fortnite tracker wasn't private right so it was public anybody could see it and you could see the list of games that he was going into with zero eliminations every single game for like 10 hours so, I mean, that that's kind of crazy to go that yeah. long of a time without a single elimination mm, that uh, does kind of uh, feed into the whole point that Bronos was trying to make. Yeah, and, and earning points in the process, right? So, you yep. know, it, it's caused this huge ripple in the community. Definitely, um, you know, another one of those instances where it's just like only in the Fortnite scene, you get kind of these, uh, you know, the, these rivalries unfold, these, these random instances or occurrences of uh, rivalry, right, between folk. Um, I mean, Panda reached out to, to Claw and Bruno, so he has some, like, small statements from both sides just to kind of get the full, you know, picture here. Uh, Claw uh, declined, right, to, to give us any statements. So we'll, he, um... uh, we'll see. Yeah. And to give like the full context, right? I hit him up. He says, I was like, what's happening from your perspective? He goes so much, literally sleeping two hours. And then the other guy fully cheating is what he said. And I said, I asked how, and he uh, basically said, well, I can give a rundown or he's cheating or just I'm grinding. So and, I was like, that, that was I from, take anything. That was from Bronos perspective, right? No, this is claw. Oh, saying that was this. claw. Okay. This is claw saying this about Bronos. Right. So then I was like, Oh, could you, Give me any kind of information. He's like, I can give you the details soon. I just have to play 24-7 right now. 
I was like, all right, well, mm. we're recording the podcast today. We could take your side in the future. And he said, awesome. So potentially next week we'll have a more uh, clear picture from Claw himself. But right now that's all we got. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a strategy he'll uh, he'll share with us or whatever it was Never that know. he was doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean we'll 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 definitely find out. Um, that's for sure. And and just kind of moving on to to other interesting topics and and, and drama that went down. Um, we, we have a, a pretty fun one right here for all the parents at home. You know, buck, buckle in because we we got these young. Fortnite players lashing out on social media against the parents. Now, let me just start this by saying this is not okay, but uh, mm -hmm. here we go. Panda, do you kind of want to read maybe the, the mini thread that we got picked up <laughs> almost globally, right, by the scene at this point? Yeah, I got you. So uh, this comes from Loop Boy Void, who is a Euro player, uh, plays for a Loop Boy team. Uh, so he tweets out, if you have supportive parents, don't take it for granted. Ahaha, so crap i won't say the real word uh having a demotivating and unsupportive dad and then mind you his mom responds to this right named mama void so i mean to some degree obviously his mom is is supportive right yes <laughs> and she goes calling your parents an effing c is not acceptable because they say you can't stay up until 3 a.m on a school night that's not being unsupported called being a parent and then her next tweet immediately after was and now I'm blocked. Wow. <laughs> like oh, what? Man. All right. I think we've one. Let me preface this. I think we've all been there where we're hiding. At least I know I have. I'm hiding in my basement trying to play video games way too late when I shouldn't get yelled at by my parents. Right. So like that doesn't sound too irregular. I don't know the whole situation here. But man, to take this to Twitter, like what are we doing here? This is the new age uh, media, man. This is where people go to vent. Uh, you know, we, we didn't grow up with an Instagram or a Twitter. Who knows what we would have done when you're, when you're salty <laughs> and you have, uh, you know, the, the basically the world at the palm of your fingers, right? Someone like Void who has a massive following. These guys go there for attention, support, you know, um, a lot of the times just to alleviate, you know, stress. And he did that. Unfortunately, yeah, Mama Void was there to uh, to to clap back right she was not happy with her son shaming i guess them right on on social media um yeah but what what makes this kind of like a headliner for us is jake lucky a person who covers like esports you know news and and content and whatnot most of the time it's a lot of the you know the the drama he tweets out about it and it's like his best performing tweet in the last year it hit, like, I think almost 80,000 hits. I can only assume millions upon millions of impressions. Like, this went yeah. viral within the gaming community. And he kind of, I guess, headlined this as a, man, these Fortnite pros are just something else. Like, he basically took the Fortnite community and put us, like, in a box. And it was like, this is the wildest esports community by far. And that's kind yeah. of, like, what he shapes us to be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he literally said, Fortnite scene so whack, we got pros beefing with their own parents on the timeline with 83.6 thousand likes. Yeah. So, just insane, right? Obviously, the situation is insane, but anytime something like this happens in the Fortnite scene, there's, like, drama in the Fortnite scene, it's always crazier than any other scene I've seen, to be honest, in esports specifically. Like, you don't hear about, like, uh, was it Crimzix from Call of Duty like cursing out his mom or parents on the timeline because he wants to play until three in the morning. Like it's just not stuff that that really happens too much in other esports. I'm sure this happens in life, right? But not from like professional, supposed to be professional esports players having these takes. Because guess what? The Fortnite scene, a lot of them are pretty young. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and you know, the what made me laugh like really about this is you have people like Calculator who has been one of the more controversial, outspoken, straight shooter type people on social media. Um, we've seen him from his World Cup days, you know, grow into someone like back then, I would say the most hated pro, like people really hated his guts. They were rooting for his downfall, but he is so good at the game. You couldn't help but be in awe too when he streamed mm -hmm. his perspective and, you know, did the crazy things he was able to do. He, um, he grew up, he matured a little bit, but he still comes out with these hot takes. He basically says, and, and this is a little food for thought for everyone here on the podcast. He says, parents don't basically, no, wait, I don't have the words here. I wish I had it in front of me, but 
parents don't deserve respect. No, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't give parents respect basically unless they have to, because they have to earn it from you. Can you say this more eloquently? I'm just scrambling my words here. I got you. I got you. I got it pulled up. So he, he <laughs> yeah, <got> a, please, <laughs> I'll just scramble in here. He gave me some time to get this up. So newsflash, your parents don't deserve respect from you purely because they made you exist. That's your what parents it was. have to earn respect from their children. And if a parent does a bad thing or in general is a bad person, changing some of those words, just because they are a are someone's parent doesn't make it okay. Okay, see, those are the words. And as you can see, I mean, I don't agree with this by any means, but I find it to be very funny because he comes out with the wildest takes. And let me tell you guys, the scene was not happy about this. The, I'd say the majority no. of the professional players, uh, community figures are like, calculator, could you shut up? Like, what, what are you talking about? And, uh, you know, he, he kind of goes on to defend himself and things like that. But, you know, that that's kind of what the Fortnite space is. You have these very... Uh, polar individuals um and and you know these these things happen i guess but you know the nature of again younger crowds finding stardom and fame and this new age media it really is just the beginning of a lot of this i think that we'll see um because this will surely not be the first time someone goes to social media to go you know basically complain about their parents right Let, let's be honest yeah <laughs> Yeah, look, I I'm going to be honest. I unfollowed Calc a while ago, but somehow these crazy tweets still hit my timeline because it's like just the the, the takes and the things that he says. I, I don't know if he does it for virality, like, or if he's just, if he really just has these takes and he's just one wild-minded okay, individual. Okay. Do you follow Arab, though? Yeah. Okay, so you could, you could see, like, Arab's usually... He's a jokester, right? Compared yeah. to compared to Calc, Calc comes off with these statements like what what a straight face. So it's kind of yeah. hard to tell if it's a yeah, if it's a character sometimes or if he's just like, yeah, I don't care. You know. Calc is definitely good at social media. Like let's oh, just throw that out there. He he understands what he's doing. I'm a, I'm a big fan of calculator, even even with all the stuff. Like I said, I find I, I find the equal side of humor in the outlandish things that he believes in sometimes um to me that's yeah that that level of just being blatant and straightforward is just it's hilarious in in some settings and that's what that's what calc brings to the table so um yeah man the, like like man fort fortnite scene for us um and now now we're just gonna go ahead and hit a hot transition here because this is a topic that we haven't touched on in in a few months but i feel like we we are constantly coming back to this kind of uh temperature check just uh you know uh, what's going on in the space it's fortnite mobile for our mobile listeners we used to do a lot for you guys way back when when y'all were on apple and unfortunately android space came in and yeah i don't hear anyone talking about uh fortnite mobile as much <laughs> anymore um but it could be the reasoning behind it is it's not looking good because of the fact that devices just are not up to par right and and panda i yeah. mean take me through this one of our biggest mobile creators or ex mobile creators in the space has something very interesting to say about the samsung devices that were just released mind you this man is a samsung hashtag partner so like this is as real as it gets absolutely so it's ducky the gamer right for those at home that don't know he's had a huge career uh strictly mobile gaming right even recently he like was kind of leaning on potentially leaving Fortnite, but then decide to stick around because he had some hope for the future of these devices. But in his words, according to players who have already already have the device, which is the new device that just came out, is the Samsung Tab S8 has some pretty bad input, input delay and has not been optimized for 90 FPS gameplay yet. Incredibly disappointing to say the least. This is not the only or not only an L for Fortnite Mobile, but another L for Android gaming as a whole because this means another year without a good Android Android gaming tablet. Oof, that's tough. And I, I know Ducky's definitely wanted to see the mobile Fortnite scene come back because he's been a supporter and been supporting different players within the mobile Fortnite scene for so long. I mean, we had a summer of like mobile only mobile yeah. or tablet only cups so it'd be awesome to see that return but 
with the lack of what seems like support from either the hardware or the developer side, I don't necessarily know that Fortnite's coming back to mobile, which is, in my opinion, you know, kind of a miss. We, we see mobile gaming exploding in large portions of the world. You know, talk about your favorite mobile game. I'm sure everyone has one. And the opportunity for Fortnite to fill in that space would be awesome. But without, you know, that optimized performance on even new tablets, maybe things will change. I don't know. But that just seems like a miss to me. Yeah, I agree. And and to think about it this way, right? The iPad Pro came out, um, I think it was 2018 or 2019. And um, it was the first device that could hit the 120 FPS with 120 hertz displays. And it would process Fortnite at 120 FPS. Easy, right? And so that's what Ducky is comparing this to. Now we're years, years past this, right? Since this device has come out, and it only seems like Android gaming has gone backwards. Yeah, which is which is insane to think about because, you know, you would think that like this is a huge, huge, huge opportunity for like Android device, Samsung, all these uh, developers to take a piece of the pie. You know what I mean? Like there's mm -hmm. a huge chunk of opportunity available here and no one's been able to step up to the plate. And, and maybe if they have, they're not putting the marketing behind, right? The marketing budget behind getting... Um, users to to get with these devices right that can maybe yeah. have a great experience on on an android uh based platform so you know I'm, I'm almost more confused that people aren't taking advantage of this opportunity like fortnite is one of the biggest platforms in the world not just a game anymore we all we all know this this is it this is its own little universe right like they have so much pull um for for someone not to fill that gap like it's almost like the the golden tickets right there, and you know, like it's it's an unfortunately lost opportunity for someone, any company to really step in and, and dominate the market. Um, that can be what swings the pendulum right in the other direction. All of a sudden, you know, we have this newfound dominant uh, maker in the space on on a technology level that people gravitate towards for mobile gaming. So, um, I I really wanted to bring this topic up because I find it fascinating that no one's been able to cater to the fortnite mobile community like what why question mark right yeah. it's almost like they people don't realize it exists which sucks um but also i feel bad for the apple folk who are still playing on patch you know 2.0 whatever however <laughs> old because you know it's still functioning that that very old version but here we are panda yeah but i mean look it's it's not it's not to say that it won't come back in the future because I think they, they have that program GeForce Now. We've talked about it in the past that they're working on that can even be on Apple devices and you can operate Fortnite from it. Um, it's it's just, you get that. we're not there yet, right? So Apple's definitely not budging. Epic is not going to budge on this. So we either got Android or we, get, we wait for GeForce Now and hope that it works well on mobile. So uh, not looking too great for the future here of, of mobile gaming, but uh, the future of competitive is looking kind of interesting, Monster, because there's some um, major notable names potentially coming back. Yeah, definitely. We touched a little bit on it. We hinted at it. It's the boy Ninja and alongside Cypher PK. So this started as, again, something on the viewing party, right? And it's sort of blossomed into what might be a, a reality. I'm thinking they had some more conversations, some more thought went into this. And I think Ninja and Cypher K feel like they have um, a lot to gain from entering into the competitive space and trying to take this serious. Um, Ninja, in my opinion, is, again, a, a pillar of positivity in our scene nowadays, right? Obviously, if you look at his very old clips, he was young. He did a lot of craziness. And he still is very <laughs> much himself in a lot of ways. Um, you know, he, he didn't change that much. But when it comes down to you know, what he's brought to the scene, like on a value level, undeniably uh, one of the best our scene has. Um, so for him jumping into comp and being enthusiastic about it, I mean, I'm stoked for it. Uh, uh, SMG, let's start with your take, man. What do you think about Ninja and potentially Cypher PK doing it up? Uh, I would love to see that. One, so like we could get an idea of what it's like for a high level gamer to try and compete within Fortnite, just to, to see how tough it is, right? One, where are we at? Two, Ninja's a legend within Fortnite, like an absolute legend. He and the game are synonymous and will forever be synonymous. I mean, he has his own skin within Fortnite. So mm. to get that back, to have that man playing competitively as 
a competitive fan, I would love to see that. And obviously, Cypher PK, I mean, my man's been playing Fortnite since day one. And to have that pairing come and, back. And don't forget, you know, Cypher is one of the more innovative, you know, players we've had on the scene, right? He popularized a lot of the, a uh, lot of different types of play styles. He's obviously coined himself as the Trap King, right? And he's good. Mm -hmm. People sleep on his mechanical skill the same way people slept on a Ninja's mechanical skill. And when he was pairing up with Reverse 2K way back when, they almost qualified. Like they were a couple of points away, a literal elimination or two away from actually being at the World Cup on a player level, not just a commentator or you know, a guest feature. So um, in their own rights, I mean, they, they have a lot under their, um, you know, inside their reputation and their history. And one cool thing I saw as far as like when the tweet was out or something like that, you know, Reverse 2K, supporting ninjas. And yeah, dude, like come do it. Like I want to see that too. So like you even have people like Reverse 2K, good friends of Ninja, you know, supporting him and, and egging him on to come play pro. You know, and I got to add this, right? I can I can see the benefit for Ninja. So Ninja does this this watch party over the weekend for FNCS and not only is he like exceeding the broadcast, right? But he's exceeding even the viewership of Aussie Antics who has been that staple takes, right? viewing that party person for some time. Like literally it impacted Aussie Antics numbers by like 10,000 uh viewers. So for Ninja, imagine Ninja not only doing a viewing party, but coming back to the scene to play, you know he's going to stream it. He's going to create content out of it. I can only imagine the overall benefit for him and Cypher. So it just makes sense. I think... Guys, and go, go oh, ahead. sorry. Let me just finish this monster. But he basically held like fifteen to 20,000 viewers just simply watching. And he's like, whoa. Like, you, you can't not see that and not be like, all right, whoa, that's a little crazy. But I have to ask you guys... If they were to come back, let's say not this FNCS, they start playing competitively this FNCS. By the end of the year, where do you think you see these guys placing? Calling, no doubt about it. You know, the thing about Fortnite competitive is I, I genuinely think that any anyone can get to the top as long as you're amongst the best of the best. Like, mm -hmm. it, it literally takes just a little bit of luck. Like... And we've seen yeah. this happen, right? Like underdogs mm -hmm. come up and you look at the zones, you're like, bro, this guy had five out of six. And yeah, he's in top five, right? You know what I mean? Like that is sometimes all it takes because they have the skill. Now, not everyone has like the scented skill, right? Whereas any zone, any time, any place, he'll make it work, right? Like that's the elite, elite level of player, you know, like the stretches and commandments of the world. Um, mm -hmm. But for any given amazing player, you get to finals, a little bit of luck. And hey, man, that's uh, to me that's all it takes to, to finish up at the top so i can see a ninja and a cypher pk or any content duo i mean look at look at oh look at oliver og content creator gone pro on na one of the more difficult regions if you will actually performing actually you know doing and carrying his own now it's possible it is and and, and this is what i will say ninja's always had like a, a really good competitive mindset which is awesome so i can see it working out in his favor um to me, to answer that question, definitely semifinals, potentially finals. Um, it really just depends on the work work ethic that they have going into it. Because we've even seen Cypher PK and Nick Merckx do it, right? And Nick mm -hmm. Merckx will play literally like Apex or Call of Duty leading up to FNCS. And then he'll, a couple days out, he'll really grind it, put in that work. And even he makes it to semifinals. So it's not like it's it's not how, doable. I have a but. question. How, how far has Nick A30 made it? Has he gone to finals with Glace? Did he, did they get to make it that far? Or punish him? I, I want to say like a round four of a qualifier. I don't think they've gotten to like to finals. A semifinals. No, no, they okay. were de they were definitely in a I believe in a semifinal setting because I remember like that was a time when like him and Glace I, I believe were popping off and we we're hyping up this story and we couldn't made it or we couldn't believe he made it this far. Um, so it, I mean, man, it was such a such a time ago, but. You know, like, hey, man, I, I'm hopeful, and I'm I'm rooting for them. Yeah, I am too, man. I'm uh, and I'm trying to pull up like Nick A30's past, but I'm having a hard time finding him on Fortnite Tracker. Maybe uh, Gun can, but uh, it, it's exciting to see these creators get back to that point because obviously peak Fortnite was when we were watching these like uh, what is it Fortnite Fridays or Friday Fortnite with Keemstar, and and it was Tifu and Cloaksy versus ninja and lupo doing kill races like 
watching our favorite influencers and and massive What's names be able to create major content while competing and having fun doing it like it was just so exciting to to even be a part of it for as a viewer like and, and i can only imagine now obviously from our perspective being able to do it as, as talent members from a broadcast perspective but being able to watch these names do these major things would be so exciting again for fortnite for sure, looking for, sure. for you so it looks like we've gotten in the end of a qualifier about top 100 to 200 and mm -hmm. him uh glace and ops finished 33rd in an fncs week one qualifier so there's been some pretty solid placements by nick a30 there it is there it is hey man always got to shout out the boy nick a30 he's so good at what he does um, another one of those hardworking individuals and little fun fact about him if you didn't know yet it's all his own videos nowadays and he has wow. been killing it on youtube so very hard worker uh workaholic as they as they call it um the man streams all day uses off days to literally do physical development and editing of his own content for the week so huge 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 hard worker big fan loved man um that, that's gonna be today's episode though episode 149 of the Fortnite podcast but episode 150 total for the entirety of now how many we've dropped here on the on the pipeline man so you got a lot mm -hmm. coming out here so guys thank you all for of course listening don't forget to send all your complaints to me at monsterdface at gmail or oh my gosh i'm messing it all up Fortnite podcast at gmail.com before <laughs> we get out of here i'm gonna give the boys the floor here life of panda let the people know where they can find you you already know man twitter life w panda i keep saying every week that streams are coming back soon but i keep having delays with the stuff that i'm building out in the studio so uh, hopefully early march i'm hoping to be back on stream at, at twitch.tv forward slash life with panda but we will see we'll see what happens but gun man tell them where they can find you because that content has been hot lately oh thank you mr panda uh somebody's gone on all platforms twitter youtube where i do most of my work somebody's gone one word and it's been a pleasure, boys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Guys, don't worry. Panda will stream at some point in 2022. It, it will happen. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Sure. <laughs> Tune into the boys. Follow them on Twitter and social media. Um, and, and thank you all for dealing with us this week. It's been awesome. Um, more content coming to you guys soon. We'll push this one out ASAP. I will see you guys on the next episode, guys. Next week should be dropping. Don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.